Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Hey world, thanks for tuning in to the Voyages of Tim Better Podcast. If you are from the MMA world and you are joining for the first time, welcome. Thank you for listening. I just got back from Denver, Colorado, Denver, Boulder, and uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. So I'm going to do an episode that is strictly about my travel and my travel stories and my recommendations from that area, but that will probably come out, mm, probably the next podcast to come out after this episode. On this episode, I'm joined by Grace Cleveland. Grace fights out of Denver. I had planned on, or we tried to put together that we would record this podcast while I was in Denver, and then I kind of went MIA by spending too much time uh, in the Rocky Mountains in the National Park, so we didn't get it done, Uh, but she was gracious enough to call in tonight. Um, I guess I should maybe back up a little bit and say that I'm not a martial artist myself. Uh, I'm not from that world. Um, I do want to do that world justice, and I want to, to do Grace justice, so I hope that I did a good job with this conversation. Uh, I I do know a lot about the sport. I've been watching it for a while. I think that uh, the first, I think it was 2006 was when I really started getting into it. I was down in Florida and my cousin had the uh, Matt Hughes Hoist Gracie fight on. Yeah, that was 2006. Let me me pull that up. God, that's 11 years ago, which is kind of scary. Uh, but I've been watching like the UFC since then. And prior to that, I was always a fan of martial arts. Uh, I think it probably goes back to being a little kid and those Karate Kid movies came out. And I was just infatuated with those and love those. And then like the, the cheesy stuff like uh, Sidekicks with Devin Sawa and um, what is that guy? Chuck Norris. Yeah, uh, I loved stuff like that when I was a kid. So I think that's where my love for the sport kind of started. Uh, now, even though I'm pretty busy, I, I watch the MMA Hour every week. Uh, I really like uh, Luke Thomas and his show. I listen to Brendan Schaub, uh, The Big Round Breakdown. So uh, I'm pretty up on what's going on in the sport. But again, I'm not someone that's from that world. Uh, so I do appreciate if you're someone that is from that world and you're listening. Uh, and I really appreciate uh, Grace for coming on. And I, and I hope that I can do Fighters Everywhere some justice with this conversation. Uh, so why Grace? Well, I think that I mentioned this in the episode, but I think she's got a whole lot of potential to be something big. Um, I think she's got the look. Uh, I th- please go to to YouTube and watch her fights because uh, she, like I mentioned in this episode, she comes flying out of the gate like a bat out of hell, and it's really exciting to watch. Uh, and then in, in talking to her, she's really kind and she's humble, and. I actually think that, I forgot to mention this to her, but we talk a bit about her injury, uh, so I, I won't mention exactly what it was so that you can hear it in the episode, but I think in a way, like, uh, adversity makes for better marketing. Um, it, you know, it adds to somebody's story. So I think that, like, uh, if you think about Conor McGregor, when did he pop his, was it his Achilles when he fought Max Holloway? Um, Watching, watching him try to beat the time it took GSP to come back, like using the same methods. Uh, I think that just added to his story, and I think we like to see an underdog overcome some odds. And I think we, you know, we like to see people accomplish great things in in spite of of great difficulty. So Grace did go through a, a pretty traumatic physical injury. It sounds like she's well on the way to recovery, and 
her, her, her time frame for, for full recovery and for, for contact and sparring is, is next April. Uh, so I do wish her all the best, but I really do think that she has the potential to be a star. Uh, we talk about this in the episode, but, uh, you know, the major players are definitely hurting for stars right now. Uh, I think I mentioned this, but in the women's division with the loss of Ronda and then Misha, um, they're looking for some big stars and, I know they don't have Grace's weight class yet, but I do think that uh, if you jumped up to Invicta, who I know the UFC, I don't know if they're partial or full owners. Um, you could always shoot me some feedback and let me know. Uh, but I think that's probably her best bet is to hop on board with them and, and try to get noticed. Um, maybe by that point, the UFC or, or Bellator will have added a, the Adam weight class. But... Um, Again, the connection to my podcast is, aside from talking about travel, I just want to have interesting people in general. Um, and I think that Grace is an interesting person who's doing really cool things. I'd mentioned that I am not a martial artist myself. If you go back to the first episode from Chiang Mai, I do talk about how I attempted some Muay Thai training there and got beat up pretty bad. Um, and also in my Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia episode, I mentioned uh, the brief training that I did this past summer. I do really enjoy doing that when I travel. It's a little bit easier in other countries, I think. It's more anonymous. It's like, I'm probably never going to see these people again. So uh, if I'm not up to par, and this is a really self-conscious way of thinking now that I'm saying this out loud, but um, it's 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 kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter because I don't know these people and then, and, uh, and they don't know me. So I had thought about possibly going to one of the gyms in Denver and then I, I chickened out while I was there. And now I kind of regret that, uh, because everyone I've ever met that does train is, has been really cool and humble and like, uh, has not been judgmental about my own skills or lack thereof. So, uh, I do recommend maybe at this point, pausing the episode and going to YouTube and putting in Grace Cleveland where you can see her amateur fights and her professional fights. Uh, just in case you don't know of her career so far. And I think that will give you some good background information and uh, will give you some good context for some of the things that, that we're talking about here. Uh, please check out the show notes. I have the links to Grace's social media the link to the GoFundMe, which it seems like it's still active. I don't really know how that stuff works. Um, I, but I hope that that money that goes into there goes straight to Grace because those medical bills are, uh, it sounds like they're pretty crazy. Um, so please, if, if you got a couple bucks to spare, hop on that GoFundMe. All right, cool. As always, I want to talk about the stuff that's coming up, but I don't want to jinx it. So instead, here comes my little interlude music and then my conversation with Grace. Welcome to the podcast, listeners. Today, I'm really, really excited to welcome Grace Cleveland, who's calling in from Denver, Colorado. So, Grace, welcome to the podcast. Hi. 
Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Now, the the first thing I had to ask you is when people read the title of this podcast episode, they're going to see Grace Ty Kitten Cleveland. Now, I have to ask you about the nickname because in going back and reviewing your fights, you come flying out of the gate like a bat out of hell, much more akin to a lion than a kitten. So how did you earn this nickname? Well, I got the nickname from my coach, Mark Montoya from Factory X. And um, they're just because I'm really cute and I'm kind of adorable, like a kitten. But when I fight, I definitely bring my claws out. <laughs> <laughs> and so if, if, if anybody's interested in sort of understanding what I'm talking about, uh, people can go to YouTube and put in uh, Grace Cleveland versus Mary Peterson, which was one of your amateur fights. And in less than a minute, you came sprinting out, you got her down, you transitioned easily to her back, uh, and you choked her out. So I do recommend to people that they check that one out so that they can understand what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah. so the tie part of that is you were born in Chiang Mai, is that correct? Yeah, I was born in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Have you been back there in your adult life at all? No, I haven't, but I'm planning to do that hopefully in November. Oh, very cool. To to Chiang Mai or to Bangkok? Uh, I want to go to both. I would like to go to uh, Thailand and see the gyms that they have out there. Oh, so ver- I'm looking to train. Oh, very cool. So you are interested in going out there to train? Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I have to. It's my culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And Chiang Mai is is a really, really cool city. I am I, I can't say that I'm a fighter. I think that would be a disrespect to fighters, but uh, I do have an episode about training Muay Thai and, and getting beaten up pretty badly in Chiang Mai, so I recommend people check that out, but uh, really, really cool city. So you fight at Atomweight, uh, which is 105 pounds, um, and the, the major players in the MMA game, namely the UFC and Bellator, don't yet have an Atomweight division uh, for women. So is... What is like the career trajectory plan? Is it to try to get noticed by Invicta and and wait out the the biggest organizations until they add that division? Like, do you do you even think about that? Yeah, definitely. I know that the UFC. I just like have a feeling that they're going to open the 105 division eventually because it's growing, and I feel like the 105 division girls are very cute and petite, and we're very explosive, so we're very entertaining. But for the most part, um, I want to fight for one FC would be amazing and growing and popular in uh, Asia. And I feel like it'd be a good promotion for me to fight on. And, but um, is it is Invicta or you know, other promotions, King of the Cage, or other people want me to fight for them? Then I would. It depends on the opportunity. Your last fight was for King of the Cage. How do contracts work in an organization like King of the Cage? Do you sign a, a, a one-off or do you sign like a multiple fight deal? I signed a multiple fight deal. Okay. But it depends on each promotion and what they want to offer you. So how many fights did you sign on for? I signed on for five, but I got hurt. So I only fought one time. Okay, wow, five. So uh, I did want to ask you about that, and I guess this is a good time to, to talk about that. So sh- you did fight for King of the Cage, and you had a victory in April. 
Um, and then shortly after you were injured, what happened with that? So I got hit, did acro yoga at a park with one of my teammates, and I did a handstand on top of his hand, and I lost my balance. <laughs> so then I landed on my head on the, wow. at the park, and I completely went paralyzed. So, and I was in the hospital for a month, but I have really good friends that take care of me. So wow. but, um, I'm healing really well, so it's going good. So what was that exact injury? Did you fracture part of your vertebrae? No, I uh, I actually found out when I landed on my neck and my head, I hurt my C1, and I, I bruised my spinal cord, and it, um, it was swollen, so it could all fall my signal. But I found out that I don't have a backbone to my C1, like the vertebrae, so... When I hit, it hit directly at my spinal cord. Wow. So what's the rehab yeah. for for that like? Did it require surgery, or are you just doing, you know, extensive PT? Um, I didn't have to get surgery, which is a good part, because it's really uh, not a good place to have surgery. It's a high risk. Right. And, um, but I uh, basically I'm just doing a bunch of PT, just training. I, I'm back to lifting, but I can't really lift any weights. A bunch of neck stretching. And so far, it seems like you're you're progressing pretty well. Yeah, actually, I've been out of the hospital for two months, and I'm back to hitting mitts and drilling. But uh, no uh, physical contact for at least a year. Wow, so a year from April, huh? Yeah, I mean, it is to be smart, you know. Uh, they can't really tell me like when I'm ready, but it's, like it's up to me. So I think a whole and they told me like it takes a whole year for like the nerves to heal because like nerve damage takes a very long time. Yeah, for sure. So is the idea then to to reassess things once April comes and then think about getting into a fight camp? Yeah, I'm hoping that this whole year that I have uh, time off from fighting. I'm just gonna train a lot and drill which I think is really good. I think it'll benefit me in the long run. And then a year or a year and a half, I'll go back to fighting. So you mentioned that you had the multi-fight deal with King of the Cage when this happened, and I know that this was not an in-competition injury, uh, but do they provide any sort of health care, or is this completely out of your pocket? Uh, this is not my pocket. I mean, it wasn't like I got hurt at their promotion or anything. Right. It was on my own time. So, yeah, but I had, like, the MMA community in Colorado is really awesome, and uh, I had a lot of people donate on the GoFundMe page, so it really helped me. Is that GoFundMe still active? I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. I think it might be. Okay, if it is, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode. Um, okay, awesome. So I just returned from Colorado. We, we talked about that a little bit. And uh, you just mentioned the MMA scene in, in Colorado. And I know that there are multiple gyms. So who are you currently training out of? Um, well, I, switched, I used to train at Factory X for like four years, but then I switched over to a high-altitude MMA, which is basically a part of Eastlands too. So I train out of there for now. Okay, and I've seen on social media that uh, some 
uh, UFC fighters have appeared in your pictures, and you get a lot of love from certain fighters. Uh, I've seen uh, Rose Namajunas appear. Are you fighting at the same gym that uh, her fight camps are out of? Uh, actually, so my last fight, I was training with Rose Namajunas. It's close to the last thing off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I trained uh, for my last fight camp. I was training with her at her gym at 303. Okay. But so uh, I kind of went and searched for uh, women my size, and she's not that far off. So she's tough. <laughs> it's, it's a big camp. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, she's fighting uh, for the title pretty soon here. Uh, I know. She deserves it. I'm excited. It's going to be such a good fight. So I was wondering about that. If there was a situation in which it was difficult to, um, you know, join one of the major organizations in terms of their weight classes, if, if they didn't add an atom weight, could you fight up a weight class at 115? Um, I mean, maybe now because I gained a bunch of weight in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before, no, because, like, I walk around, like, 113 and one. 15, so like, oh wow, and a lot, yeah. And then when I'm like in a fight camp, I lose more weight because I'm training so much harder. Right. So. And you're. So yeah, I'm gonna be able to make it. And you're about five one, right? Five foot. Mhm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask. There was, I had read this previously that there was a point, I think, prior to that King of the Cage fight where you were really second-guessing MMA as, like, a career choice and maybe a lifestyle. Uh, can you talk about what your mindset was at that time and what changed to make you want to pursue this um, as a career? Well, I was going through a lot of stuff in my life. And I mean, I love fighting, but um, I think that was a... I don't know. I think I got distracted, which is... It happens. I mean, I've been training for, like, five years, and I kind of just, like, I think I, at the time, I just wanted to kind of, like, live my life, and when you train constantly, like, because I'm 24 now, but when you train 24-7, you don't really get to have a life as a fighter sometimes, because you're training all the time, but, um, I don't know, I, after, like, missing it, like, because I took uh, a couple months off, I realized, like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> So, and I love fighting, so I decided to come back and fight. So you started training, um, in comparison with some other fighters, a little bit later in life. Uh, what what made you start martial arts? Did you have a a family member who did martial arts, or was it just something that you were interested in? Uh, actually, um, I don't know. I played a bunch of sports growing up. So I think I've always been athletic and I did a little gymnastics and just some other sports. I'm just really competitive. <laughs> but uh, I saw MMA on TV and I saw uh, Michelle Watterson fighting. And then uh, once I saw that, I was like, oh, I want to do that. And I just like decided to try and find someone or try and find a gym to train at. And so when I was like 18, I was... Um, kind of searching for a gym, went to a few couple of them, but it's kind of hard to find a good gym, you know? It's like, you gotta make sure you got a good coach, good teammates, the environment, everything else, you know? But I uh, went to Fakia because I was like 19, and then since then I've been with them, and then now I switched to high altitude. 
Wow. So did you start training MMA as a complete discipline, or did you primarily focus on uh, one area of fighting when you first started, like, say, jiu-jitsu or something? Uh, when I first started, I did both. I did all of it. I did striking, wrestling, and jiu-jitsu. Because I, I just, like, uh, when I started, I, I knew I wanted to fight, so I was like, this is what I want to do. Okay. Um, so you mentioned uh, one FC, and I think that there are a number of promotions right now that have really, really exciting women's divisions. Uh, one FC is one of them. Uh, I think that Angela uh, Angela Lee is a is a future star in the making. How do you? Yeah, how do you, Grace, go about? I guess getting noticed. Is it just? you have to have a certain amount of wins in the win column or do you reach out to an organization or wait till they reach out to you? Like, is there a strategy for that? I'm pretty sure, like, uh, I'm pretty sure I could reach out to them and talk to them and I, I feel like they would be interested in me. I think, you like, you know, they want to see, like, you know, your previous fights and your records. Um, but... I think some people, like fighters, athletes, they have managers that go do that, but I don't have one, so. But uh, other man or other promotions have reached out to me, like the tune of the cage, so that's how I ended up fighting for them. Okay. Um, you mentioned Michelle Watterson, um, and I guess at that time when you, probably when you first uh, saw her at 19, she was fighting for Invicta. But what other? Yeah, I'm sorry. What other uh, fighters do you um, look up to, or are influenced by, or, or who, who either past or current, um, do you uh, look up to in terms of fighting? Um, I like. I and I think, like, Rose, like, just because I've met her and I trained with her, and she's a really good person, and she trains really hard. So that influenced me. Um, I think of other fighters. I feel like it's, like, all fighters, because everyone goes in the cage and gives, you know, puts your heart out there. So I have respect for everyone. I don't really have, like, a certain favorite fighter. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so starting this, you know, career trajectory and lifestyle at 19, uh, what did your family and your friends, like your non-MMA friends, uh, think about this transition into martial arts? Uh, my family didn't like it. My mom is the one who me get beat up, or my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then, like, other people were like, you're too pretty, and then, like, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting, it's, that's sort of an interesting thing that I wanted to ask you about, and I'm sort of trying to figure out, like, how to word this, so maybe this will be a lengthy question, but um, it's funny, I think that, I mean, women obviously get this so much more than men in that uh, looks become so important, but it's interesting because I think that without being a good fighter, the looks totally don't matter, and I'll, I'll I'll try to explain that without like disrespecting any fighters. Um, but like clearly when Ronda started losing, like fans just completely turned on her or, you know, Paige Van Zandt gets a lot of recognition for being uh, an attractive fighter. 
but she's also like just a total warrior. When she fought Rose, she was completely bloodied, didn't give up, uh, and has this warrior spirit. So I wonder if you if if you're conscious of that at all, if or if any of your other uh, friends who are fighters that are women like think about the fact that so much emphasis is put on looks. Is that something that you think about? I mean, yeah, like looks stuff because as an athlete, any kind of athlete, not even like fighting, but like you know, NFL or you know, sport, like people that are more better looking get paid more, get looked, looked at more. It's all entertainment, you know, when it comes down to it, unfortunately. Yeah, so I wonder then, as I mean, you're still very young and, and young in the fight game, but as you start to get a little older, are you interested in trying to parlay that into a different type of career, be that media or some other type of a public figure? I don't know. I mean, it's working when time comes, but for now, I'm just having fun and training, so. I just keep my opportunities open. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, so you also have to work like a, a civilian job as well, right? And in, in addition to training and fighting? What do you mean, like a normal job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm a waitress at night at a steakhouse. Okay. Um, is that difficult to manage that and fighting, or is that an easy thing yeah. to maintain? <clears throat> Sometimes, because like, I work late at night, so it can be exhausting. So I definitely have to read my body and make sure I get eight hours of sleep. Okay. Um, again, most of your, I think all, actually all of your fights are available for people to see on YouTube. Um, and yeah, they can YouTube Grace Cleveland MMA. Cool. And I'll link to a lot of that stuff when I when I put these show notes up. But um, I mentioned one of your amateur fights against Mary Peterson, uh, which went really, really quick and was over and under a minute. Uh, but one of your three professional wins was against, uh, I think her first name is pronounced Cassie, right? Cassie Robb. Um, yeah. And while I think you won every round, that one went uh, three rounds and was more competitive than that Peterson fight. Uh, and so I yeah. wonder, would, would you prefer a quick win every time, or do you feel like uh, something that goes the distance provides you with more experience? Uh, or do you not think about that? Is there a preference in terms of fighting? Um, to me, I, I don't, it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't ever think about if there's going to be in the first round or the second round. Like, I just want to go all around. Like, I mean, yeah, it's amazing when it's the first round because, like, you know, <laughs> you don't have to get hit or anything anymore. But uh, going three rounds is awesome, too, though, because you know how, like, tough you are and how much endurance. Like, it shows that all your hard work, you still can go all three rounds. Yeah, for sure. Do you... Uh, Sorry, what's that? Uh, so, so, but, yeah, I'd be, like, winning the first round. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um... Do you, I mean, maybe this is silly, but uh, do you have a preference for keeping the fight on the feet or are you more comfortable at this point on the ground? Um, I mean, I don't mind. I feel like 
I feel like I'm well-rounded, but I always end up going to the ground. And I think that's just like because I put a lot of pressure. So I always get in. So normally when you're in, you want to take people down. But I just like to take fight wherever it goes. I like striking. Like I want to definitely, I'm excited to train more striking now. I know some gyms don't really do a, a belt ranking system. Um, do I mean? Are you? Do you have a, a belt in jujitsu? Actually, I don't because they don't really do gi a lot. I do no gi. Okay. Uh, is that is that something that interests you? Is that sort of like a badge of honor to? Um, yeah. What's uh, up? Like, I mean, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome to be able to get raised. Like, I definitely would like to do that in the future when I put more time into it, but. I mean, I feel like no matter, to me, like, the color of the belt doesn't matter, though, either. Like, if you put in work. Right. Do I believe you've participated in some grappling competitions, though, right? Yes. Is that something that uh, you have more of an interest in doing in the future? Uh, right now, um, maybe, I can't really grapple right now. Like, all I can do right now is hit miss. Because my neck, right. so I can't do any physical contact. Okay. Um, I believe that uh, I saw that you had grappled with, and again, I'm terrible with names sometimes, so I'm, I'm sorry if I screw this up, but uh, with Cora Sec, is that correct? Yeah, she's really good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about that because uh, I think she's still like in her mid-teens, right? Um, yeah, she's young, but she's definitely a, a ninja on the ground. So what was that like going against her? She's tough. Um, it was good. It was fun. Uh, we ended up going like the full 10 minutes, and then we went to a, a, I forget what it's called, but anyway, she ended up on Barney in the end. But um, she's really talented, and it, but it shows like the difference between someone that trains MMA and someone that changed jiu-jitsu, like just, you know? Right. Jiu-jitsu. So like, it showed me like, holes in my game, which is good though. So I had a good time, it was fun. Okay, very cool. Um, so, uh, we mentioned Rose a couple times. What is your uh, prediction, round and method, for her, her fight against Ioana? Because I'm assuming you're picking Rose to win. Definitely. Um, that's going to be such a tough one because they're both really good fighters. And they both have, like, a, they both, like, have the same body type. They're both kind of, like, linky. So I feel like they both have, like, reach on each other. Um, I don't know. I feel like Rose is more uh, well-rounded. I think maybe she can strike and get in and take her down and then, like, ground and pound. Because Rose has really good elbows, too. So maybe in, like, hopefully the third round, I think. Yeah, I think that, I, I do think her best bet is probably taking it to the ground. I think that Ioana's uh, just got, she has like really, really technical striking, uh, whereas Rose can throw more like acrobatic style stuff, like some flying stuff. Uh, so I, I, I'm really excited for that one. Um, yeah, definitely. I think Rose can like change up the game a little bit because, I mean, Jonah is a great striker, but I feel like Rose has more of a, she can wrestle and she can jujitsu, you know. So, 
Are you going to be able to go to that fight, or does like the team get together and and uh, your your friends who fight get together and watch the fight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, either someone has a fight paid for and they get together and watch it somewhere, or I mean, where's the fight at? Is it in Vegas? I don't know where it's at. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Right. It might be the one in MSG. It might actually be here in New York. Uh, oh my god. Let's see, Rose versus Joanna. Yeah, yeah, this one is going to be... Oh, it's here. So actually, I might get to see it. Um, okay, cool. So um, this is primarily a travel podcast. Uh, I'm really appreciative that you're the, the first person from the MMA world to come on. Um, but I did want to ask you, as I've asked a, a few of my non-travel guests in the past... Uh, you are from Denver. Um, what are a couple of things that a person traveling to Denver absolutely must do, whether it's a restaurant or an activity or something that you think is a must-do for somebody that's coming through? Um, if you come to Colorado, you have to go to the mountains. Um, if you come in the winter, you have to go skiing or snowboarding. Either Breckridge or Keystone or Vail. Vail is awesome. Um, you gotta go with Buena Vista. They have really uh, good hot springs or uh, strawberry springs, which is in Steamboat. And then um, for food, I like sushi den. It's like one of the best sushis in Denver, Colorado. If you like sushi, or if you like Cuban food, go Cuba Cuba, which is downtown Denver. Um, if you like to go to the club scene. Native, um, well, <laughs> okay, I, I don't know enough. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, what other clubs? I don't know. <laughs> um, in regards to food, so uh, do you ascribe to any specific diet? I know, like, uh, it's popular right now, but like a lot of people have gone keto. What's how do you eat when you are uh, training and in fight camp? Um, so I always normally eat healthy, so when I do get in a fight camp, I just eat smaller portions, like less calories, and then I water load. Um, I eat more fish, a lot more fish. Okay, do you, but, is that like a total lifestyle, or is that just what you do when you're in fight camp? Uh, when I eat more fish and less calories, when I'm in fight camp. Okay. Um, so I eat a lot when I'm not. <laughs> oh yeah, so you you don't worry much about having then to to cut back down. Is it fairly easy for you? Not really, because I I mean like when I train like three times a day, I burn it off. So right. Okay. Cool. Well, listen. Um, really, really glad to have you on. Uh, I think that. I mean, it's pretty obvious that. Currently, the UFC is is looking for stars. I think especially in the women's divisions, uh, Ronda and Misha leaving left a pretty big hole. And for whatever reason, like at bantamweight, Amanda hasn't really caught on. I think that Joanna has done a really good job with with PR, and um, I think she was just in like a major magazine, like Glamour or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think these organizations are looking for stars. And I mentioned um, 
in the women's divisions that like Angela Lee, I think one day will be a star. McFarlane in Bellator is really exciting. She's fighting, I think, for the featherweight title in her next fight. Uh, they also have uh, Carrie Melendez, uh, who's transitioning over to MMA. Uh, Tiff, Tiffany Van Zost is really exciting. Um, yeah, she is. Yeah, and I, I'm not just saying this because you're a guest, but I think that, um, as you mentioned, like you have the look, and I think your fight style is really exciting. Um, and you have the personality to be to be a star someday. So uh, I'm really appreciative that that you came on today, and um, I, I wish you the best in your recovery. And um, I, I hope that you keep in touch so that maybe when uh, when April comes around and you're ready to do another fight camp, maybe we could do this again. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. Cool. So how can uh, how can people find you? Um, they can follow me on Instagram, uh, Thai, T-H-A-I, underdash, kitten, K-I-T-T-E-N, seven. Or they can find me on Facebook, under Grace Cleveland. Okay, awesome. And as I said with uh, a couple of the other points that we made, I will link to all of that stuff in the show notes so that people can find you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim. I hope you have a good night. All right, and there we go. That's my conversation with Grace. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that I didn't fumble my way too much through that uh, conversation. I always ask people to send me some feedback or, you know, let me know what they thought about the episode. So you can do that by hitting me up on social media. Instagram is The Voyages of Tim V. So is Twitter. I never really use Twitter. I probably should use it more. Um, and the, uh, my email is thevoyagesoftimvetter at gmail.com. Uh, I want to say, obviously, again, thanks to Grace. Thank you to Brian the Wizard Goldsman, as always, for doing a badass job of editing. I want to give a shout-out to young Willie B, Will Boutwell. Uh, he's a character who's come up in my stories before. He's the one who found that hotel in Englewood with the bloodstains and the, the story about... Uh, the Yelp prostitution story. So go back to the Horseshoe Bend episode to hear that ridiculousness. Uh, but uh, shout out to Will, one for uh, taking a fifth trip with me. He came to, to Denver with me and also for getting married. Wow, another one bites the dust. But in all seriousness, congrats, Will. I love you, man. Okay, so I have a couple of things to potentially give away here. As always, I have a bunch of different stickers for the podcast. I'll give those out for free if you're interested in one of those. You don't have to even pay postage or anything like that. Just send me your email address and I'll give that to you. Uh, it's the same logo if you check out the uh, my SoundCloud page, or I think it's the same on the other platforms like iTunes, where it's the animation that was made by Raz Christ and it's uh, me getting chased by a snake. And that imagery is from the Hanoi episode of the podcast. So I have those to give out. I have some old like nautical looking uh, podcast stickers that my friend Christine Kane made. And then I have books. So I have, I still have some books from some of the authors that have been featured on this podcast. So I have Eating Vietnam and I also have Eating Korea by uh, Graham Holiday. Wow, almost forgot his name. Sorry about that, Graham. And I have uh, John Hyam's book, uh, 360 Degrees Longitude. So I'll give those out. I also have two MMA-related books that I can give out to you. I have Rhonda's book, 
um, My Fight, Your Fight. And then I have one I read a little while ago uh, by Mark Miller, and that is called Pain Don't Hurt. Uh, So each of those I have one copy of, and the books by the other podcast guests I have multiple copies of. So this is what I'm going to do. Hopefully you're still listening. You have two options. You can either send me a screenshot of you uh, liking or commenting or giving a star rating for this podcast. Really the best one to do is iTunes. I think that just gets the most eyes. But you can use SoundCloud. Uh, I'm on Stitcher. Uh, I don't know if Podcast Addict has a ranking system, but if they do, uh, you again, you could leave me a star rating or a comment or a like or something like that. Screenshot it and send it to my email. Again, that's the voyages of Tim Vetter at gmail.com. Or what you can do is when I post this episode on Instagram, because I always uh, throw them up on Instagram, you can leave me a comment. And the comment has to be something specific. And it's going to be related to MMA. So in a, in a strange way, I guess I have a lot of nostalgia for MMA because in a weird way, it, it kind of opened me up to podcasting uh, because it exposed me to Joe Rogan. And then obviously he's one of the godfathers of the podcasting game. And from there, I just like, I've read numerous books by his guests. I've listened to, to the various podcast hosts that he's had on his podcast. Uh, it's how I found out about uh, Brian Callen and Duncan Trussell and Joey Diaz and Cameron Haynes, uh, Rhonda Patrick, like so many people have before. Uh, so that's a super long-winded way of saying that. Um, in a weird way, I started listening to podcasts and then started my own podcast because uh, I saw Joe commentating on fights and then from there uh, explored his podcast. So what I want you to do is when I post this on Instagram, leave a comment telling me your your favorite fight memory. Like it doesn't necessarily have to just be a fight, but it could just be one of your favorite memories from the sport. So I'll give you an example. One of my absolute favorites was when uh, it was in the WEC when Uriah Faber fought Matt Brown the second time and broke both of his hands and still fought through it. I believe that one went five rounds. And um, at some point, like, he, he, he couldn't throw his hands. So he just he started throwing his elbows, but not in necessarily a traditional uh, elbow strike, but throwing it more like, like a haymaker, um, like a, like a big overhand, right. But with his elbow, I thought that was so cool when I saw that at the time. Uh, another memory I have, this is kind of ridiculous, but I can remember, God, uh, maybe I was 20. I should really look this one up when Randy Couture. Yeah, this is me stalling as I look this up. Um, fought Tim Sylvia. When was this? Okay, 2007, when Randy Couture uh, fought and defeated Tim Sylvia. <laughs> Joe Rogan was commenting, uh, and, or, or commentating, and described Sylvia's hands as canned hams. <laughs> now, I've, 
I've heard him use this reference uh, in more recent years, I think in reference to Brock Lesnar, but I just remember hearing that and just just dying. Um, so I'm like, he has hands the size of canned hams. Um, and I thought that was just, that was just freaking brilliant. I love that. I think that when, you know, I think Joe maybe rubs some people the wrong way, but I think, man, when, when, when he leaves the sport, uh, a little bit of the spirit of it might go with him. Uh, so again, I'm like the most long winded person ever, but, uh, that is an example of a type of memory that, that you could put down again. It could be a fight. It could be something silly. It could be something from MMA media. I don't care. Um, and again, I'll, I guess when you, when you, when you do that, or at least when you send the email with the screenshot, if you have a preference for the type of giveaway, um, let me know. Obviously I have like 10 total books. So, uh, in in an ideal situation, I'd get hundreds of emails. Uh, so I wouldn't be able to give it to everybody. I would just have to pick maybe the first 10 that come through or, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's maybe do that. The first five emails that come through and then like the top five, uh, fight memory comments. Yeah. Is that fair? Cool. So if you do, or if you are someone that leaves a comment, then I'll, I'll DM you or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'll DM you and, uh, get your address and things like that. Okay. Cool. So this one is in the books, folks. Uh, coming up next, I'll have the Denver episode. I've got this, this thing I've been working on forever about like health and safety while traveling. And I got to work, trying to work with a couple companies so that I can talk about like how their products benefit, uh, the travel that I've done. Uh, so yeah, going to hopefully get those things done this week. Um, again, love you, beautiful people. And as always, please take care of each other until next time. Peace.